0: Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Battle of the Atom. This is the weekly podcast where I, Zach Jenkins, and my co-host, Adam Percival Reck, go through three X-Men stories, and we add them onto our ever-expanding list that covers all the X-Men stories in order, not by chronologically, not by, like, cover price. That'd be a weird way to order things. It would be recent <laughs> stuff first. Uh, but by quality, what's the best, and what's the absolute trash worst? which is very important today.
1: It's very Adam. important today. <laughs>
0: Adam, how are we?
1: I'm unprepared for today. Like I've read the stuff, but like emotionally, I don't know if I'm ready for this.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a rough rough thing. I was telling I was telling Adam that we're actually recording this back to back with last week's episode. And in between that, I lifted a bed. A couple of times for reasons that aren't worth getting into because they're very benign on why I had to solo lift this large queen size bed with a very, very thick mattress on it. Uh, But I definitely screwed up my shoulder (laughs) in between the five minutes we had of a break between recordings. (laughs) And he tells me, oh, no, that's good. You should be suffering while we talk about this story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like everybody is going to be suffering when we talk about this because it's bad. But uh, I don't know. We should probably get into who requested this, right?
0: We should. We should let everyone know who to blame. And that (laughs) is Patreon supporter Chris Edelman. Now, Chris, you may know from the podcast that he does with his wife, Chris Edelman, called Chris's on Infinite Earths, which is a very good name.
1: Very clever. Love it. So what did Chris request? Because this is a a landmark for us, isn't it? This is our 100th story.
0: Yeah, we got 99, 99 problems on this list right now. And this is not one of them yet, but it will be our new number 100. Well, it will be the 100th one on the list. We'll save the suspense for the rest of it. Uh, But Chris requested the Draco, (laughs) which is uncanny X-Men. 428 to 434 this was written by by chuck austin
1: with <laughs> deep breath
0: oh my this is tough for me this is i am getting viscerally angry about <laughs> all of this talented person sean phillips does the prologue issue to this Mm-hmm. And talented person Takishi Miyazawa does the final issue of this. And Philip Tan, no adjective going to be added to this one, based solely on these five issues he does, does the middle chunk. <sighs> Adam, what is this up? Uh, yeah.
1: What is good what is this? <laughs> Where do we even begin with the Draco?
0: How do you solve a problem like the Draco? You got to well, start at the beginning, I guess. That's that's where you do things from. OK, OK. You know how so, you know, you know how Mystique is Nightcrawler's mom. And we've known that for years at this point.
1: It's been hinted.
0: Well, turns out Nightcrawler's mom in 1983 lived in an late 1800s, early 1900s Victorian castle with some duke. And played games with everyone else by definitely doing some, some non-consensual activities with everyone. <laughs> using her shape-shifting powers to be just a skeevy, skeevy dude. <sighs> and then she can't get she can't get pregnant with her husband. And apparently the only thing Mystique wants in the world is a kid, which is some hot Mm -hmm. garbage right there to start off that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense none of that tracks especially because graden creed is older than nightcrawler Mm -hmm. he is because if we go by the chronology of this story nightcrawler is like 19 and graden creed was running (laughs) the president
1: yeah the timeline here makes no sense whatsoever like it feels like they just arbitrarily put 20 years ago on the front you know the the first page of the story but like what does that even mean with the sliding timeline and the architecture and you're unsure of like where we are uh time-wise even
0: one this is page one of the draco yeah it's
1: garbage not making any sense no sense whatsoever so Look, she does sean get is pregnant. A good artist.
0: that's the one good thing let's yeah put that out of the way
1: and it's funny that you say that because um having this is my first time through with the the draco um and uh i'm reading the first issue and i'm going you know what i like sean phillips is this really as bad as everybody says but you know then i'm also reading it uh so yeah there's that um so right off the bat we're already like not making a lot of sense. And then she is impregnated by one of our favorite characters. The man characters. she falls in
0: love with, Azazel. Oh. You remember Azazel yeah. from such stories as nothing and such appearances as being Red Nightcrawler in X-Men First Class?
1: That's That's about it. Um, that's about it but it only takes uh, a couple of rendezvous for mystique to fall head over heels with azazel uh also some hot garbage yep not not buying it the waterfall i'm in love scene doesn't really track worst um and then she has nightcrawler dumps him off a waterfall and he bamfs midway down which is kind of adorable um and then we get right into the hot deep mess of the rest of this because it's uh, just the
0: thick the thickest garbage god
1: zach question
0: for you yeah
1: why is everyone yelling in this story at each other all the time
0: well one they were you've not read all of chuck austin's run so you're not aware of how horny everyone is in this run
1: Is that what it is? Is it just hormones that everybody's just like hot for each other? So they're just
0: screaming at each other? (laughs) This is pent up sexual anger from literally everyone else. Because I think it's the only thing that makes sense at this point. I'll buy it. But yeah, everyone's screaming and like spitting. And they've got gross stuff mouths the whole Everyone time looks
1: like they've been chewing on elmer's glue and it, it it doesn't matter when the person has their mouth open like and how much emotion is behind the line they are like ugh, cocked up it is disgusting
0: it's about the worst so the art the art after sean phillips is unappeasing unappealing it's bad it's bad mm. Philip Tan, yet you you done you done bad here uh, anyway, I don't even want to recap this, but it people need to know. If you haven't read this, the Draco is notorious for being bad, and this story's worse than you think it is. Can
1: I give it a shot?
0: I feel like I know what I, this is I about. I want you. To, I want you to. I want you to because I'm <laughs> the words are not coming out of my mouth hole.
1: Okay, so tell me if I'm wrong here. Because it really doesn't seem to make any sense. Azazel's plan is to sire enough mutant demon children on Earth so that he can get back to Earth with his hell children, who he also has to transport from Earth to his, like, hell dimension.
0: Did I get that right? Not the worst plan in Chuck Austin's run. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) Not even the worst (laughs) Nightcrawler teleportation-based plan in Chuck Austin's run. (sighs) We'll get to – we will get to Holy War, which is also garbage.
1: There's something worse than this?
0: (laughs) I don't – look, there's – Chuck Austin's run goes from bad – starts at bad, and it goes to unknown depths. There are three particular stories, the Draco, Holy War, and She Lies with Angels, that – are all legitimate contenders for the worst X-Men story of all time. They 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 are they are all bottom shooters on this list.
1: Yeah. The Draco Oof.
0: the Draco has the notoriety of being seven damn issues long. Mm-hmm. And that that's rough because yeah, that's about Azazel's plan. Also Azazel's is Nightcrawler's dad. We figured that out. Uh and Iceman gets threatened to be turned into P Man. turned turned into Iceman, <laughs> but made out of Wee Wee.
1: Yeah, by Havoc of all people.
0: Yeah. And then there's there's subplots in this. Uh there's subplots about Ju- Jubilee checking out Nightcrawler's junk, which is oh uncomfortable.
1: That was not cool. Uh Juggernaut is uh gonna go uh, kill an abusive father and he's not going to let alpha flight stop him from murdering that guy
0: to be fair sammy's dad is a bad guy and yes if there's any good to be gleaned out of the chuck austin run it's that sammy in Nightcrawler or sammy in juggernaut's relationship has its moments it's endearing in a way that the rest of his run really isn't if it's not particularly good
1: I'll tell you what's not endearing is awkward uh, conversations between Juggernaut and North Star, who has to drive, <laughs> who has to fly him to to the said child, uh, an abusive father. Um, so
0: that that's bad, Ooh. and I think it's worse because it was 2003, and I can tell you what I don't I don't want to go and read a transcript of all of the things I said when I was in 2003. Culturally, and the fact that I was 12 make it so that those were. Not not great times. Uh, so it it hasn't aged well, and it wasn't good to begin with. There, and then we and, also and s- get we ahead. also get weird Polaris stuff because this is right after oh, God. right after her wedding got crashed by her, kind of. Yep. Yeah, it's bad, and she talks about how she had a mental breakdown after all the stuff on Genosha and she also acts like a jerk to nurse anne who nurse anne is bottom bottom of the barrel in terms of x men characters she's very bad her and her her and her trash child carter <laughs> refuse in child form him uh yeah all
1: of that we didn't stuff. even yeah. get into the fact that Zazel is essentially claiming to be the inspiration for the biblical Satan and that Angel is apparently an actual descendant of actual angels.
0: Oh, are and we ready a, for... Like,
1: like, that's intense. What?
0: <laughs> so, let's be clear. Let's be clear on what this comic, this these, these pieces of paper that have been stapled together and to- told to us that it is art And is instead the poop emoji 20 pages over and over again. It's telling us that Nightcrawler is the son of Satan, Mm -hmm. which I have a legion of issues with. The main one being that he was chased down and hated by people because he was a – he looked like a demon and he said the whole thing is I'm actually a really human dude. Like – you dare call that thing human? Well, yeah, I do dare call that thing human cuz I'm human. That doesn't work if he's actually a Satan. Right. That No, he's not human. He's a Satan. You have incredibly legitimate reasons to be afraid of a Satan.
1: Can I tell you another reason that this really rings false for me? Yeah. Is that the Marvel universe is littered with Satans.
0: Like it's Satan City. I think there actually start, is a Satan City.
1: Yeah, start with Mephisto and Blackheart. And then, you know, if you get a chance, just go on Wikipedia and look it up. There's a whole page of demons, devils, hell lords, you name it, controlling some version of underworld in the Marvel Universe. Why would this random red nightcrawler guy suddenly get to usurp all of them? (laughs) Like, I, I just, I find this story really baffling. Um, you know, there's a reference to "quote unquote" biblical times, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think you really understand what you're talking about when you're writing this.
0: I, I honestly, I have a pitch of like a one issue, and frankly, it's maybe an eight page pitch that Ooh. fixes Azazel and the Draco. I like this, and it's Please essentially do tell. it's essentially Azazel lies about everything. He's a, he's a dirty liar about everything, and it's because unlike Nightcrawler who saw the inner hatred that, or the hatred that people had for his exterior and chose to make his interior shine even more, Azazel leaned into the fact that everyone thinks I'm evil. I'm just going to be as evil as possible. I'm going to be the most evil thing in the world, and it doesn't make the Draco good, but it, it fixes all of the bad continuity things I have with it and at least – at least makes Nightcrawler not a Satan.
1: Yeah, I don't have any problems with the core idea of Azazel. You know, there's a red Nightcrawler. Okay. I mean, whatever. I yeah. can get behind that. But what I can't get behind is multiple issues of people sitting around a large uh, banquet table yelling at each other about God knows what. And random characters like Kiwi Black.
0: Nightcrawler's uh, brother.
1: And Jennifer. <laughs> like
0: Nightcrawler's what? demon sister who definitely also comments on his junk.
1: Oh, so much junk. Uh, notation. Um there's also an a, a no-nose nightcrawler who has portals coming out of his belly button that Polaris oh. can stick her head through. You know
0: that's Abyss. That's Abyss from Age of Apocalypse.
1: They yeah, took what?
0: that amazing design of I'm crazy arm man and turned him into noseless nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate so Lots much about this matter. comic. I hate so much about this comic.
1: Well, I guess the question then is, how low do we want to put it on our list? Because I think the temptation might be to uh, to sink it to the bottom. So um, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna tell you the un an unarguable truth. This is unquestionable. It's worse than God Loves Man Kills Two.
1: Yes, it absolutely it, is worse it, than God Loves Man Kills Two.
0: Unquestionably worse than God Loves Man Kills Two. Where yep. it comes down to is, is this worse than X Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire? and i would like to hear your stance first because okay i have a i have a thesis
1: this is neck and neck guys i mean phoenix legacy of fire is nigh unreadable like you should be ashamed to even glance at it (laughs) and we've gone into depth about that in that episode so if you missed that episode go back it's the worst we've trash talked anything on this aside from god loves man kills too and you know i think similar things could be said about the draco there's a lot of just like what is this this should not be happening etc etc um i think that phoenix edges out being worse um if for a couple of factors, the first and last issues of the Draco have acceptable art. I will, I will go on record as saying that, you know, Sean Phillips is talented. He's not doing a good story here, but there's some merit to that. Um, and I don't think there's anything as objectionable in the Draco as that moment in Phoenix legacy of fire with Ileana. Um, what's your thinking? Where where are you going here?
0: I don't think you're necessarily wrong about anything you said. However, I think what's very important is this is a list of the best and worst X-Men stories of all time. And in a very important way, Phoenix Legacy of Fire is trash garbage. It is offensive in several ways. It's also irrelevant. And I think that's, mm. that's the one thing that I struggle with on this because I have put a lot of thought into this one question. (laughs) And where I land as an individual is that Phoenix Legacy of Fire is three horrible issues that no one will ever need to know about. Mm -hmm. It will fade away. The Draco is important to X-Men canon as much as I absolutely despise it. It is. It is it also is just so long it's seven issues it's miserable to get through it ruins at least two characters for a while it does some really bad things with other characters it has abysmal abysmal art but the biggest thing to me is it screws up nightcrawler for me it really Mm -hmm. does and i love nightcrawler kurt is my boy like cyclops is probably my i think cyclops is the best x-men character nightcrawler may be my favorite x-men character and it does so much to screw him up that i can't in good faith call anything a worse x-men story than the draco like what what really what it comes down to me is this is important. Phoenix Legacy of Fire is the exact opposite. I,
1: I can get behind this argument because you're bringing up a good point. Like Phoenix Legacy of Fire is a weird thing that no one even knows about. Whereas if you're doing a run of all 500 and some issues of Uncanny, you're going to read this, and it's in it's in canon. So you you have to get through this to understand what happens in later issues. So I'm. I'm with you. I think we could put this at the new 100.
0: So do you know what the other good thing about this being at the new 100 is?
1: That we don't have to keep saying Phoenix Legacy of Fire when we say the worst story in We never episodes. have to remind
0: people of it! <laughs> it can die with I us!
1: <laughs> I love uh, dra- it. Right. The Dracos so are new number 100.
0: The list. Screw all of you. Oof. And I'm sorry that we had to deal with 21 minutes of the Draco. So we'll try i need a refresher i need i need something better i need something that will lift my spirits and make life mean something like that
1: well you couldn't pick a better second story than dave Cockrum's uh, nightcrawler miniseries because holy dear lord this is a it's pure unadulterated joy in a comic form yeah i have not loved a comic book as much as i loved this in ages um
0: it's so good, you right? You love it,
1: Nightcrawler. You you must have been like just overjoyed to revisit this. I
0: wasn't actually planning on revisiting this because here's the thing. I have a lot of comics that I read and I was kind of running late on this episode. So I was like, oh, crap. I have to read all that Cyclops stuff. I got to read the Draco again and that's just going to make me upset. And I have to read our next story. and I was like, well, I'll flip through Nightcrawler. I'll flip through Nightcrawler. And I got to page three and said, no, I'm rereading everything about this. I love this story. This is so good. <laughs> uh what what happens in this adam
1: well i mean it's some kind of nonsense really because um there is a reference back to is it a what's the other title bizarre that it adventures back to? 27 um, bizarre, bizarre adventures yes um which involved some sort of very vague dimension hopping thing which kitty and iliana somehow managed to recreate within the danger room okay um but upon hopping through it nightcrawler and this is a stroke of genius to bring lockheed with him as part of the story um basically go on this amazing space pirate adventure that involves just about everything you can possibly throw in um i just made a quick list uh, there is a full-on Smurf parody yep. here, Space Pirates, yep. Hissing Sharkman Sorcery, yep. a Dinosaur yep. Cowboy, um, Elf Quest and Cerebus yep. jokes. Like, there is a lot packed into these issues, and I am smiling ear to ear as I read every single page. It is a work of un- – uh, it's just genius,
0: I love it. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler is Dave Cockrum's favorite character. Like he was obviously his favorite character on X-Men, and I'm pretty sure he's Dave Cockrum's favorite character of all time. Uh, Well, wait. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to definitely say yes. Uh, And that shows here because Dave Cockrum has an absolute blast writing and drawing this. You know, Claremont was initially pegged to write this thing. And I think what happened is Cockrum... hmm, Either Claremont got too busy or Cockrum straight up said, nah, I I got this. Like, I love you, Chris, but l- you're going to let me have this one. And it works out because this feels just different enough from Claremont's X-Men at the time to stand out, but not so different that it feels out of place. Like, this is just friggin fun. yeah.
1: Oh, it sure is. And, you know, it's it's interesting because um, recently I've been going back with my daughter on, on Marvel's Unlimited. They have Marvel Unlimited. They have um, the star comics from Star Wars. They have the Ewoks and the droids. Um, they don't have a lot of the they you know, they don't have the licenses for a lot of the other star comics that were being published at the time.
0: How do they not have all of Planetary on there? <laughs>
1: Who got brought back? Didn't didn't they? who Chuck did uh, Chip Zdarsky bring Planetary Terry back? Uh, am I making that up? Somebody brought him back, in a in a... I know that.
0: Oh, my gosh, you're absolutely right. I've got a, I've, I've got a have got the Marvel Wikia open right now. I'm going to figure this out as we go on. I know he was in the X-Babies series, but so were a lot of the Star Comics guys. No, but it was
1: like an adult version of Planetary, like he had grown up yeah i'm looking who all right we got to figure this out because um i know i'm not making planet this out planetary
0: guys you understand that he is a space prince and his name is planet terry yeah right
1: yep yep, yep. and uh, uh um i think it was it blah, 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 blah. was it guardians of the galaxy where he came back or
0: it was in drax it was in the cullen bun and oh shoot He's a wrestle boy. He's one of them wrestle boys who did this. Oh, what's his name? What's his name?
1: CM Punk.
0: CM Punk. Yes. Colin Bunn and CM Punk brought Planetary yeah. back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, my point <laughs> is that, you know, like at this point in the 80s, the Marvel imprint had this other element of all ages comics that I also – you know, I remember it kind of fondly. And there's an element of that in this book. Like the idea that Nightcrawler is going and having these very fun, silly space pirate adventures um, that are, you know, everything here is very all ages and silly and goofy, but it still really works with the character. Um, I really like it. I don't know. It just... It makes me want to go back and reread it over and over again. It it keys in on what makes Nightcrawler such a fun, uh, you know, versatile character is that he's able to pop in and out of these and have these swashbuckling adventures.
0: Yeah, and we're not talking about the plot here because not that the plot is thin necessarily it's just the plot is an excuse to let nightcrawler hang out with like the fairy tale characters from kitty pride's fairy tale or to save a princess yeah. or to pretend to be a pirate until he realizes oh wait pirates were bad i should fight pirates okay sword sword swashbuckle <laughs> it's delightful yeah In- um, learn, by the way like Dave Cockrum's good at drawing comics and he continues to be good at drawing comics in this comic.
1: Well, and you can tell that he is just having an absolute blast making this book. You know, like just the visual inventiveness of, you know, there are squid spaceships with boats hanging underneath them. Um, you know, individual character designs here are just they're silly, but they work. There's great costume design throughout the whole thing. And I don't know. It's very visually engaging. I, I like the way this is colored, too. Like, it, it just has a real bright, fun aspect to it throughout.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, – this is just good comics. This is fun Marvel comics that I really enjoy. Uh, did you know his wife colored this?
1: Oh, no. I did, I didn't catch that. Yeah.
0: Uh, I didn't either until right now, because Patty Cockrum definitely, definitely colored this. Hmm. So this is this is this is just fun comics by a fun team. Like this is all this is is just good, fun comics. It's the anti-Draco.
1: That's a good way to put it, because, you know, as we were harshing on uh, the Draco for good reason. This is really like the anti-Draco because this is exactly what you want Nightcrawler to be. You want him to be fun. You want him to be ebullient and running around and and having these fun adventures. Um, which he, you know, he also gets to do an Excalibur to a, to a certain extent, depending on who's on the book. But uh, this is just—I can't recommend this highly enough. Like, if you've never read this, track it down, read it. You will not regret it. It's so much fun.
0: Yeah, it's on that app. Go get it. Uh, Can I tell you one last thing before we rank this? Because we do need to rank this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you know what I think is the most telling difference between this and the Draco? What's that? There's also a panel of someone commenting on Nightcrawler's junk in this comic. And Mm -hmm. instead of it being terrifying and horrifying like it is in the Draco, it's charming and endearing and kind of funny in this.
1: Yes, it's – yeah, <laughs> the closest this comes to like an actual dirty joke is is a joke about Ileana owning copies of Playgirl um, at the very end. But you're right; she's uncomfortable. Scene... <laughs> it, is, it is. She's but a child. That is the uh, closest that this comes to to you know doing an off color joke. The, that scene with um, Nightcrawler's clothes disappearing and reappearing is really funny and charming.
0: Yeah, it's this is better than it should be. And I love it so much. Where should we rank this? I want to hear your thoughts, Adam. I want to hear your thoughts because I I feel like I'm probably the more, the more binary, good, bad of us where you, you have a bit, bit more nuance to your opinions on occasion.
1: I really love when you can tell that a creator has like a solid vision for the character. Um, And that it's executed so flawlessly. I mean, I I know that people may look at this miniseries and think of it as kind of slight or silly, but I think there's a lot of merit to this. Uh, It definitely solidifies who Nightcrawler is and allows them to go on a very, very fun adventure that I frankly want to revisit often. Um, Is it important to continuity? Not really. Um, We are going to talk a little bit more about BAMFs or pseudo Banffs as I'm calling them, um, in a moment. Um, but this, uh, you know, doesn't really have a lot of, um, necessary things to, to revisit in terms of continuity or canon. Um, but I sure do enjoy it. So I am looking higher in the list than I thought I <laughs> maybe would.
0: Yeah, that's, that's where I'm kind of at. This is great. It gives us Cretace- uh, Cretaceous, Sam. Who is a Yes He's a T Rex T Rex cowboy, cowboy? and he's gonna drill Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, no,
1: he's,
0: he's very good.
1: Uh oh man. Like I'm looking pretty high in the list.
0: I is this I'm not better than the X Factor Fall of the Mutants? Whew,
1: that is our current number eleven and That's our current um, number eleven. I might enjoy reading this better than that.
0: I I think it's actually better.
1: Yeah, like you, um, I know you're very fond of uh, the Colossus versus Juggernaut issue, and I feel like this, you know, it has that kind of like revisit factor. Like, I want to go back and spend some time in this world again.
0: Yeah. So it's close because i don't think it's better than dark angel saga which is not an insult to it dark angel saga is really friggin good too yeah like we're we're talking does it sneak into the top 10 or is it just outside of it
1: i think it's just outside of it i don't i don't think it's better than that colossus versus juggernaut issue which is an absolute like masterpiece x-men issue um that will you know stand as a classic forever so i would one of the I would best probably stories. put it at 11.
0: I think that's really fair because I think that's also correct uh, because yeah. Nightcrawler by Cochram is legit.
1: So go it is. read it. It's awesome. Go read it.
0: Like seriously, guys. Don't read the Draco. Don't hate read the Draco. Love read <laughs> Nightcrawler.
1: Yeah. You, you will you will be smiling from ear to ear as opposed to yelling at the top of your lungs with your mouth full of glue. <laughs> it's a big change.
0: Oh, let's let's oh, talk boy. about the last story on our list.
1: Yeah, um, which is an interesting mix of the two stories we just talked about, which is Amazing X-Men 1 through 5.
0: The quest for Nightcrawler.
1: Yeah, um, so, which what's... is kind of a culmination of Wolverine and the X-Men in a lot of ways.
0: It is, but I think in a very different way because this was – this is what Aaron started right as he finished Wolverine and the X-Men. This was, I think, like the next week. Uh, Yeah. It's – so Nightcrawler died. He died from a really bad case of having an arm inside of him, which (laughs) isn't healthy. Went to heaven, (laughs) but – didn't go in like he just kind of hung out on the edges of heaven kicking rocks you know <laughs> and saying man i kind of want to be like enjoying heaven but also i really want to fight a pirate
1: <laughs> which is exactly what happens we get to go on another pirate adventure here um obviously very different than what we saw in the miniseries though
0: yes uh can we talk about who this bad pirate boy is
1: uh, Yeah, because it's not the fun space pirates from the Nightcrawler Mini. Uh, our good friend from the Draco, Azazel, has returned.
0: This is so hard for me because up until November of 2013, X-Men fans were content of saying, wow, the Draco happened. And we're going to put that in this box saying, do not open and never bring it up again. And we Incorrect. were okay with it. <laughs> fans retconned it. it. It didn't have to be real anymore. And then Jason mm-hmm. Aaron said, but wait a minute. What if what if Azazel was his dad? And Azazel's completely different here. Azazel's generic red nightcrawler, but a pirate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this version's much, uh, much better. I think even the motivation makes a, a little more sense. The idea that, you know, Azazel is just kind of like pirating through heaven. Um, okay, I, I can, I can get behind that.
0: Yeah, he just wants to steal yeah. all the souls, all the sto- souls out of heaven in yeah. Predatorial.
1: Yeah. Um, I think uh, Ed McGinnis is doing a fantastic job on the art here. It's really, really beautiful work. Uh, it's kind of cartoony, but the storytelling is pretty solid. And we get a, a you know, kind of like a, a version of the the Wolverine and the X-Men team searching through the afterlife for Nightcrawler here that involves um, Firestar, Iceman, Storm, Beast, uh, Northstar, I think, is also on this
0: team, right? And Wolvie. Wolvie. Our our good buddy, Logan. Yeah, Lucky Jim. Yeah.
1: I think you're aware I, of him. I really wish that this was just a mini-series, though. You know, like, right after this, if I remember correctly, was when they announced that Jason Aaron was um, picked to relaunch Star Wars for Marvel. And so he didn't right. stay on the book for very long. And really
0: he does one issue after this and it's a two part issue that he only does one part of and is never revisited.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like this could have been a nightcrawler led X team, I guess. Um, but we really,
0: which is the superior, X but team. we
1: only get to the part where nightcrawler gets reincarnated before Aaron leaves the book. So we really don't get a chance to see what, you know, was supposed to happen. Instead, we get a Wendigo war, which is cool, but not, what I think maybe this was going to be.
0: No, it's there's some disappointment of what happened after, but I don't think we can necessarily hold that against these five issues. Oh. I will say of these five issues, I I like so much of the team, but I don't feel like North Star and Firestar fit mm-hmm. on this team very well. Like they they just don't have. Firestar does a bit better because she is the uh, point of view character for so much of this. Uh, but Northstar in particular just kind of feels like he's there.
1: Yeah. yep.
0: He, he doesn't contribute much. And even Firestar, just partly because she doesn't have the deep relationships that like Storm or Wolverine or Beast have with Nightcrawler, her contributions to this team dynamic, especially in this part of the book, feel lesser.
1: hmm and she's used as a point of entry. Character. She does set yeah. hell on fire. Yeah, <laughs> sure. There, um, I will say that the, the story has two things in it that um, rereading it made me kind of scratch my head about. Um, the first one is that Charles Xavier is in heaven, um, which brings up just kind of like an interesting thing about the fact that Charles Xavier is dead um, because – We now realize that when he died, that means that Charles Xavier, I guess his soul went to heaven so it could stand around and look disapprovingly at Nightcrawler and Atoga. Yes. His psychic form was imprisoned by Shadow King and then fused to Phantom X in Astonishing. And then his brain was co-opted by Red Skull and then later destroyed by Rogue and Uncanny Avengers. That's a lot of post death stuff to happen to Charles Xavier. Like, wow. Okay.
0: Essentially, everyone took took his being and chopped it into a lot of pieces and said, and here's some for you, and here's some for you, and here's some for you. And guys, do with this what you will, because frankly, he's a lot more interesting dead than he is alive.
1: Oh, sure. Sure is. Um, now, the other thing that really I had forgotten about was that throughout Wolverine and the X-Men, there are Banffs, and they are causing mayhem and drinking uh, Logan's whiskey. And they're a problem throughout the series. But this five issues tries to sew up what the Banffs are. And we actually get an origin story of the blue Banffs because they were not actually Banffs like they were in the nightcrawler mini they originally were the forgotten like maggot like children of some creature in hell that azazel fed his own blood and then nightcrawler got them to turn blue and help him come back to our world or or the 616 by promising them his soul so this is staggering to me i had forgotten that nightcrawler's corporeal form we're returning to uh, Earth is made up of the blue pseudo-Bamps, which means that Nightcrawler is literally made of maggots.
0: Which I approve.
1: <laughs> Not maggot. Not bring back maggot. Like these little gross things. I mean, I it
0: adds... take what I can get here, man. Don't take this Oof. away from me.
1: Wow. So. I had forgotten about that aspect of of this origin story and the fact that Pickles, the Banff, is actually a maggot and Nightcrawler is made of maggots is just something to digest there.
0: Wow. Yeah, there's I don't think as a story this works amazingly well. Like, honestly, I dropped this when I was reading it. I was like, I'm going to get through issue five of this, but I don't need to pick up the rest of this series. I'm kind of good.
1: I remember doing the same.
0: Like it it was a lot of hype that didn't live up to the hype. Uh but I I like I like parts of it. Ed McGinnis's art in particular, he draws some very, very good splash pages. Like mm-hmm. he has several awesome nightcrawlers of pirate poses. Like I can think of like four. And they're all great. And he yeah, draws a he very also... good hug. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. He also does some cool stuff with uh, Nightcrawler bamfing around, like the teleportation things where he's like in a fight scene and uh, and teleporting around. It, it, he does a really good job with that. I like the way he does that yeah. um, throughout the, the five issues.
0: Yeah, and um, Aaron and McGinnis uh, have relaunched the Avengers. And I mean, it comes out tomorrow as we're recording this. So I hope it's very good. And I hope at least McGinnis's art lives up to the – high-quality work he's doing here.
1: Well, I have high hopes for that. I mean, Aaron has definitely, uh, you know, really come into his own with Thor uh, over the last couple of years. So I'm I'm anticipating that'll be pretty neat. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know really that I need to revisit this, though. So where would you rank it?
0: This is good but forgettable. It really Mm -hmm. is. That's exactly where this thing falls. And... uh, you know, last episode we talked about, let's say, the Acts of Vengeance story. Yeah, of Uncanny X Men. I don't think this is as good as that. I think this has better individual no, moments, mostly mm-hmm. hugs and Nightcrawler pinups. But as a story, I think Act of Vengeance is a good amount better. I think like the all new Wolverine Annual, which is currently our number fifty, is better. But oh yeah, I I like this better than that. I personally like this better than that Wolverine and the X-Men uh story where Kitty Pride gets pregnant with a bunch of brood.
1: I, I think that's a good place to uh to put it because um I I still like Wolverine Snicked better than this, but um putting it, you know, in comparison to another Wolverine you know, another Jason Aaron story, I, I think this is better than that particular arc. Um and uh it make i think that's a good place on the list for it
0: all right well that puts it as our new number 56 on the list amazing x-men 1 through 5 the quest for nightcrawler nice yeah and that does it for this episode uh this was a lot of everything there was this is (laughs) it's
1: been an emotional roller coaster yeah
0: this was a lot of bad a lot of good and we've leveled out I think is an appropriate way to deal with it. <laughs> so first and foremost, absolutely, thank you, Chris. If you want to be like Chris and put us through literal hell, you can go to patreon.com slashing files and support the show that way. At the $2 level, you can request a specific story and we will, we will look at that and we will craft, craft an entire episode around it. And it'll be uh, very good. It'll be fun or it'll be just Odd. I'm not sure which, but it'll be something, all right. Uh, so that's a ton of fun. Uh, it supports everything that happens in the Xavier Files media empire, uh, which is all hosted at xavierfiles.com. I do weekly articles about different X-Men. I got news. I got stuff and things. Go check it out. It's fun. I've I've put a lot of words on that site. Maybe check it out, you ungrateful people. Also, uh, Twitter.com <laughs> slash Xavier Files. Uh, hit me up. Slide into my DMs. Adam, where can people find you online?
1: Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacey. And uh, we still have some new pages of Bish and Jubes coming out at adamreck.tumblr.com. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is fun. So the good news is the Draco is now behind us and it can never hurt us again.
1: Thank goodness.
0: Uh, next yes. week. We, we get kind of robot, robotronic as we talk about some, uh, some stories about some robots gone bad. So – or good or in between. We'll see. Also, I'm pretty sure on one of those stories, someone is going to punch Nazis while wearing a starfish on his head. So look forward to that. Yes. Uh, until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. And more than any other episode, we hope you survived the experience.
1: Get it!